Guys, welcome to Minefields. It is issue 179. Niner? Niner? Niner. Break one, nine, two, four, eight. It happens. Whatever happens, this is Mr. Tony Morales over there on the couch. This is me, Joshua Michael, here in the Jennifer Walters School for Wayward Mutants and Artists, slowly amassing the ever-coveted, the entire set of She-Hulk. Good to see you, bro. You as well. You pick up any new She-Hulk this week? I did not. I actually, uh, you want to get straight into what's in the box? I mean, if you want to. Yeah, because if you're going to say that, I uh, I cheated on my proverbial sensei of the Jennifer Walters School for Wayward Mutants and Artists. And okay. I hit the mother load for what's in the box for the Joshua Michael edition. I mean, we talk about kismet. We talk about, like, you know, like, we set the rules up pretty early. You know, you, you've got your yeah. list. I've got a fledgling list. But uh, the first thing I put, other than Miss Jennifer Walters, of every issue I need, was Dawn. And I hit a big, juicy vein of Dawn this weekend, man. And we, we, uh, we started the hunt. Uh, we went... Uh, my apologies, I gotta say, uh, to Mr. Morales here. I woke up literally 10 seconds after he pulled up my house to head to the new air show. I called him like, I just woke up. He's like, great. I just pulled up to your house. Thought you were messing with me. Nope. My apologies. But we went. Yeah, it happens. We went straight to freaking Hall of Justice, uh, where Bronze, uh, Bronze Age Jeff works. Geof Bronze. Geof Bronze. Yep. Nice guy, though. But hit a juicy yeah, vein. What was that? All the, guy, all the guys there are freaking pleasant. Oh, they're great, man. They'll, they'll hook you up. They, well, they're not as... They're great guys, but they're not as interactive and, you know, uh, attentive. But I imagine they've got a pretty large group of people they got to pay attention to there. I mean, like, uh, I, they've, got a, they've got a pretty good, solid base of people going there. So it's not like where we get the uh, awesome Uncle Ed treatment, but can't blame him. But they still treat us great. They recognize, say hello. But I got Dawn number one. Oh, awesome. I already had this one. And uh, I'm actually going to show a couple things off that were already in the Joshua Michael collection. Was uh, Dawn one and a half, the precursor. Nice. Number one. Already had that. Wizard. Uh, not one and a half. One half. I always say one and a half. It's a wizard one half. This pre uh, precursor to uh, first legit Dawn series, which I already had. I think I had two of them uh, already, but I couldn't leave her alone. Couldn't leave her stranded. Uh, number three. Number four. Five. And number six. I already got Crypt of Dawn. Apparently nice. I, got, I got two copies of three tiers of Dawn number one, so that's yours. One of them is yours. Three tiers number two. Uh, these are not scores I got this time. They're just part of me just going through the boxes. Uh, three tiers three, five to six. Got Genesis edition of Dawn, which is the precursor to Dawn, Return of the Goddess, which I already had. I already got two copies of that, so you got one of those too. 
Swordmaster's Daughter and Other Stories already had that. And Dawn and Vampirella, number two. I know we've got number one and four somewhere else. But the creme de la creme. Was um, Mr. Brandon at Cobalt? Brandon, yep. Gave me a good deal ski on my McFarlane Dawn action figure. Now she's actually legit here. I gotta get a She Hulk action figure in. But, and. Yeah, was they can battle. They can battle. But it was a Dawn haul, man. Had a great time. Freaking, what do you got? You know, you got something good. Alrighty. And I made this a big deal last time, you know. Uh, What's in the there. box? <laughs> Indeed. So my big one, my big collection last year was uh, was Uncanny X-Men. That was the big, the big one I was trying to get. My big grail run. Completed that. Uh, this year is um, Iron Man. So yeah, I'm about... Right. 82% of the way through that one currently. I completed I have everything. I have every issue from 151 to 322 already. So I just got to go forward and get the rest of those. I think about 57 shy. Yes, sir. But other than that, my big collection has been uh, I've been really working on Batman det- det- uh, Detective Comics. Oh no, what'd you get? And freaking, you know, uh, been, you know, kind of, you know, just trying to go backwards as far as I can. You know, I've got all the Batman from 400 on. I've got all the detectives from 550 to eight or early 800s. But I'm always trying to find myself um, the first appearances of certain characters. Yes, sir. You know, and every uh, every now and again, you find a deal that's just too good to pass up. And I ended up freaking getting a really good deal on uh, Detective Comics 359. First appearance of Barbara Gordon Batgirl. Oh, you got first Babs. First Babs. Oh. That, that's yeah. the smile when you're talking about it. I should have known it was Babsy. Should have known it was Babsy on that one, man. Congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I was freaking, uh, couldn't pass that one up when I saw it. I was like, ah. So unless I'm able to, so, so far that completes a lot of the uh, the base bat family that I'm looking for. Though obviously I've still got to find uh, first Dick Grayson and first Bruce. But, you know, I don't have that Bruce Wayne money yet. Nope, we'll get that money. We, we're, we've got a lot of irons in the fire. It's going to be one of those things, you know... People have asked me, because my sister's a um, air traffic controller, like, if it bothers me that she makes way more money than me. Like, no, she she went for it, man. But uh, the journey you and I take is a little bit longer. <laughs> a little no. bit longer with a little bit more chances and uh, a lot more roadblocks uh, other than just studying, you know. Not, not that I'm discrediting her, you know, success. I'm just saying, you know, We've got more ends of fire. We're going to get that Bruce Wayne money one day, brother. (laughs) We're going to get that Bruce Wayne. Uh, One day, I want to have that Krusty the Clown money where he's lighting the cigar with Action Comics number one, (laughs) betting against the Harlem Globetrotters. That seems like a horrible strategy. It's a horrible idible idea. I would would use a facsimile in 
that would illuminate my actual Action Comics number one. Makes way more sense then. <laughs> I just wanted to make him smile, man. You, we we both had odd weeks, but freaking New Era, mm it was juicy. Yeah, no, man. Freaking this past show was excellent, man. Freaking got to, uh, you know, we had a raucous crowd. Freaking put on a good performance. We had some debuts. We had some uh, returns. Overall, it was a really good show. Return of Tyra, I popped. Freaking um, filming some backstage stuff. Um, I had to realize I got to put the kibosh on popping myself because freaking I was filming. Uh, undisclosed people doing a promo and I'm bouncing up and down and they're like what are you doing I'm like I can't believe I'm filming this I'm, I'm so happy <laughs> like like this is all I want to do is like make great videos and you know make good freaking wrestling uh, content and uh, this particular gentleman did a promo and asked my opinion and my honest opinion and I was like I kind of wanted to see something a little bit more like this and I acted it out that's what I want. Exactly. Exactly. Let's do that. And then, boom, there we go. And it, it was like butter. Like, like you, you, you ever just get that perfect butter that just spreads perfect across the toast? Like, no problems. Okay. It, was, it was like that filming promos, man. Freaking a lot of, all of our consummate professional amazing wrestlers uh, gave us a ton of good promos for Blockbuster. We've got the upgraded one coming up this weekend and freaking it was just good to see some good faces some new faces i man nikki chase she's got some yeah. she's got some fire man she's a freaking motor mean motor scooter man yeah no she came in she made her debut freaking her her and tyra had a really good match freaking i think she'll be back i hope so man uh Consummate professional, man. Like, uh, if someone's so great, I think that was her fourth match, I think she told me. And, uh, Probably some of those yeah, lines, yeah. Yeah, it was her, her, I think she said fourth, but just to play it safe, it was her fifth match. But, man, her and Tyra really laid it down. Crowd loved it. Um, they were, just, I, I just love seeing such a happy crowd, man. They got pizza, they got burritos, they got nachos, they got drinks. I mean, that's all available in New Era. Mm. But yeah, no, nah, man, it was, uh, like I said, a good show, man. We had a main event, Royce Isaacs versus Logan for the uh, for the belt. Freaking Logan ended up uh, getting counted out, but we're going to set up for the uh, rematch. And not only is it going to be a rematch, but it's going to be a strap match. So that'll be uh, definitely out of the uh, out of the champ's wheelhouse. So we'll see what uh, see what he can do in a clutch. We'll see what happens, man. Uh Man, I felt bad for old Cormac Battle, man. I sent him a photo of uh, him just laying there, and I just sent, sent him local Florida man, dies at Indy Fed, crowd barely notices. <laughs> He's like, Aww. time is old as time, bro. <laughs> nah, it was good to see him come back, man. That was awesome, man. And um, talking with him backstage, um, it was one of the best days of my life, man. It was a good day. It's, nice, it's, nice. it's great what we do yeah no man freaking uh yeah we had that freaking eric angel got a 
won his first taste in New Era singles gold, winning the uh, 5280 championship. 5280. So see what uh, see what he does with that next show. And Royce really threw down this time, man. Like, how many suplexes did freaking poor Logan take? It was like eight or nine. Quite a few, yeah, definitely. Quite a few. He just said bye. Yeah. He said bye, Felicia, to the guy that comes out to California love. So disrespectful. That's not the type of values that we hold up. Almost there. Yeah, man, had a, had a good time, man. Uh, great crowd, uh, but the hunt, we um, we digress. Obviously, we get distracted talking about New Era, but freaking we left Hall of Justice, went to Cobalt. You got that Dawn figure. You got some. You got a wall book for... Uh, yeah, I got a Iron Man 30, Iron Man 30, Iron Man 31. Oh, we had an excellent conversation with a stray cat there, too, man. Her and her son. Um with uh Brandon man like that was like that was the most fun of like the the hunt was uh just talking about magic cards you guys are nerds and then uh what the what what were we talking about where she she was chiming in like she was part of the crew like she chimed in like she was freaking like lifting weights and knew what she was saying and she was awesome like cover your kids ears like twice (laughs) yeah no I can't I can't remember off the top of my head man she definitely like, I know she had known, she knew Brandon, the owner. Yeah. I know that freaking, but uh, yeah, she just, she was very, her and her son, both very nice people, very welcoming. Oh, it was just nice having that fun conversation with some strangers with Brandon and, and just talking some comic trash. And freaking, we got some good Subway. Uh, and then we went straight to All Seas, which was always a treat. Unfortunately, yeah. I fell asleep last week and thought it'd be waiting for me and that uh, john jones was not there oh yeah yeah i can't do it i freaking i was in, i was able to find that uh that batman 244 with oh, the, uh, the dude. classic neil adams cover with rachel ghoul and batman on the ground with a sword in his side i can't i couldn't believe that one was still there yeah that was a hot item i mean that was that was the discussion on the way back but freaking yeah i couldn't either man like yeah, I be I made a beeline right for it just to make sure because I was like, if it's gonna still be here, it's mine. Man, we've gotten some mad hookups at all seas, man. Yeah, no, they they're definitely uh, good people, man. Freaking good hookups. They're always watching wrestling when they're there. Oh yeah, remember they gave me my preacher hookup for one ninety off the off the I think the cover price was two thirty for my preacher, and they sold it to me for one ninety. That sounds about right. Yeah, and um. They'll, they'll always, uh, if you ask, uh, we'll, we'll have to figure out some gimmick. Where, like, if you ask, if you bring up Minefields, you get a free bag and board for every comic book. But we're not saying that yet. But every time I ask, homeboy always makes sure that our comics come out not buck naked, but solid with the Ric Flair robe on. Protected. Yeah, I don't think I ever freaking get any, any new books from him. I always get freaking... I always try to get a wall book and freaking whatever back issues I'm looking for at that given time. I like to wander around that store, man. Like that's like that's like the my kismet store. I just wander around and find this bump into something. Find something yeah. good. Find something good. Always find something good that all sees. Great customer service. They they treat us like kings there. 
Yeah, they really do, man. Freaking, like I said, it's every every time we go in there, find we find we never leave empty-handed. That's for sure. No, no, man. Like some of the best comics I've ever gotten there, like some of the best indie comics from Denver. Uh, Homeboy recommended to me, and uh, freaking, um, it's always a good, just a good time, man. Like I, I bumped into random people, had good conversations. They had the Eternia set from freaking mm-hmm. He Man. I've never seen it in the wild before. No, like oh yeah never seen them before and um good talk with the owner um and we don't even have pulls there that's true like i said we always find something though we gotta figure out some sort of gimmick with them because we we do go there regularly how how can we like get something going with them just like when we can't count on pulls because we're there once a month and mm-hmm. freaking but we still always deliver. Like, I'm going to say the average mean of what you and I spend together, whether I'm throwing down or you're throwing down, you and I are at least spend $200 every time we walk in that door. Maybe 150 So Probably closer to 150 I figure, but... Yeah, we're definitely always buying something. Like I said, I always try to find at least... If I happen to find a wall book that catches my fancy, normally I pick up something from there. And depending on the amount of back issues I'm playing with at the time... Uh, but great store, um, great staff. And then we headed straight to um, up north of Thornton. We're straight up to Thornton, man. Yeah, we didn't have time. We only had like what fifteen twenty minutes there. Yeah. Straight to New Era. Threw down. Dined and dashed. Hit up the old uh, Great Scots. Had a great conversation. Yeah, no, freaking yeah. It's a good show, freaking yeah, we had a great Scott's kinda got a you know, had that post uh post show freaking dinner and headed home. Headed home, man. We actually made it at home early that time, man. <laughs> Three o'clock by, somebody, by somebody's <laughs> standards. <laughs> yeah. what would you get, like two hours of sleep that night? Nah, man, ended up uh I think I got about five or six. Oh man, I I couldn't fall asleep until five thirty six. Yeah, recovered the rest of the day. I was gonna go over to my fam my folks' house, but freaking, um, one one of those days, mom wasn't feeling too good and freaking just stayed home and just recouped. Got some Taco Bell and watched Matilda, <laughs> and sorted some comic books. It's one of my favorite movies, man. Don't laugh at me. It's one of those I don't even laugh at you. I'm just, I'm more I'm more wondering about why the Taco Bell. I was Jesus. tired. I was tired, man. It's right by my house. Honestly, yeah, still, I could have I could have paid less to go to uh, the old King Supers right across the street, but freaking, uh, I just wanted to just. I was too tired. There's a Panda Express right there, man. Oh, are you a Panda Express gentleman? I love Panda Express. No, I'm just freaking. I'm just not freaking. I'm just not a Taco Bell guy. I can literally name the last time I had Taco Bell, and I was very, very inebriated. <laughs> My favorite time at Taco Bell. I mean, like it's there. Favorite time at Taco Bell. My buddy Adam and I spent forty-five dollars. It was back in twenty eleven. How? We didn't know, but we ate the whole thing. 
How did you not spontaneously combust? Yeah, that was a good question, but we've been drinking all night long. I really wish uh, I, had a, I had a camera phone at the time to snap a photo. I think I had a, one of those old school razors, but I didn't think to take a photo of the uh, receipt. It was like $45 we spent at Taco Bell. But nonetheless, How did man. You not just heal over and die. Uh, uh, that was my old evil apartment. Bad stuff happened. How did you, you not die in your apartment? Bad stuff happened there, bro. $45. You know what what bomb comic books you could have bought for $45 in 2011? Oh, man, I could have got the whole set of uh, Civil War. I could have gotten everything for the initial uh, back issues of Dark Reign. Um... All the first three or four first prints of the amazing, like the best in my opinion, uh, Deadpool by Daniel Way. Um, freaking Power Girl was going hard at the time. I know what I'm. I'm ashamed. <laughs> but I still bought all those too. Anyway, I was late on my rent, but I still got those books. Sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> We got some good books to talk about. Before we do, I do want to talk about wrestling because uh, you brought up some very interesting points tonight. It's funny when you're like, ah, nothing happened tonight. Hey, it was a tweener issue or episode of AEW and Dynamite. But uh, you brought up the very interesting point that I don't think anyone within, you know, rocks throwing uh, stone of New Jersey or Long Island that would ever say under their breath or even in their mind that MGF just isn't as good at the promo as we think he is. Oh yeah, that's that's public knowledge at this point. He's fun, but freaking dude. <laughs> like they made it a point Darby was out there wrestling. Darby wrestled Swerve. Darby went over. Of course Darby went over. Uh, freaking uh, MJF comes out. He kind of berates Freaking Darby kind of does the same little stick he always does. It's kind of he's kind of becoming a one trick pony. Like he's either super babyface because he's in Long Island, or he's freaking oh I'm such a jerk and I hate myself. But I, as long as I have the gold, I'm good. And like then you know he brought up Sting and he brought up the fact that all the uh, all the, the four pillars in AEW. Is Sting really a pillar in AEW? I can hear that, and so can they. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Tony Morales has prevented me from making a terrible mistake. Before we started recording, I was eating these flaming Hot Baconettes Chicharronis, the flaming Hot ones. And I was about to take a big, big mistake and eat more. I don't care if you eat more. I just just go crumbling. That's obvious crumbling. I thought you were trying to be a friend and prevent me from being late for work for being trapped on the toilet. No, you do you, boo boo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll put the I'll I'm put trying, the I I'm will trying to make this clean a recording as possible. That's the next shirt we're making. Put the chicharronis down. 
I'm actually down for that. That's hilarious. <laughs> Put them down. That's legitimately funny. But anyways. <laughs> so Sting comes out. And like all Sting says is I don't want your belt. Like he's and he just talks. He just freaking is like, hey, I'm freaking I, talks about his legendary status and talks about how his his time is coming to an end. And freaking, but this guy pointing to Darby. It's like, this guy is just getting started, and he's going to be world champion someday. And freaking, like, you believe Sting when he says it. Like, it just has a different gravitas to it. It certainly does. Like, MJF is, you know, MJF's good. He's real good. But, like, when he's in there with a guy that he can't just run over, you kind of see his weaknesses. That's a good point. Good point, especially because he can't keep up with the mic with him. But like the gravitas. Well, the thing was, he didn't even. It wasn't even so much about keeping up on the mic. It was the freaking. Like, maybe he's not the big star they want him to be yet. Like that's and that's a thing. Like freaking, he's a he's a big deal for him. He's uh, he's their best freaking of the uh, of the four pillars of him, Darby, Sammy Guevara. And freaking uh, Jungle Boy, he is by and large the most complete package. Insane, man. But like, uh, you've got to get there. Like, he's still not. You know, he wrestled. You know, he, like the the Daniel Bryan match, the sixty minute or Bryan Danielson match, the sixty minute Ironman match did worlds for his credibility. Yeah, it really did. But freaking, he's still not. He's still missing something as far as that that star quality that the makes. Husband. Makes you ever in every uh, household name. Now, I'm glad you brought that up because his wrestling is excellent. Like he he's technically sound, but okay. in my opinion, mm-hmm. now he's so no, I'd agree. he's so over the top though that he could be a bad wrestler, and we might not notice because they're putting over putting it over so much. But at the same time, we've got people like Darby Allen. That, you know, they're trying to put a, you know, the bazooka on their back, you know, straight to the moon. And it's just, I'm just not feeling it. And I've got like two Darby action figures, man. I got, I don't have the coffin one, but I got the other two. But freaking, mm-hmm. it, it's like, I, I had a lot of hope for him. But the more I look at him, the more I watch him talking to Mike, the more gimmicks they give him, the more I'm not, I'm not having it. I mean, it's like he's another. He's just missing something. Like freaking, you can like they really they they pushed him for a while, really really hard, and like like they I don't figure I don't think they know how to make somebody a star yet. Like the the best guy they've had so far is Hangman, as far as making somebody into a household guy. Uh, Household or homegrown. Well, no, he is homegrown, but he's not a household name yet, and that's what you want. You want like everybody everybody wants that guy to to be a star. That way they'll free you know, if if this guy's on the show, then that show is legitimate. You know, Stone yeah. Cold you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin was uh, what made the attitude era. Hundred percent. You know, without him freaking you had you had the rock still, you had DX, you had a bunch of other people, but Stone Cold was the freaking 
the firing cap that blew that dynamite up. You know, and AEW doesn't have that guy yet that's a household name. They've got a lot of super strong indie guys that freaking have, you know, they're, they're, they're good for they, a lot of – they've got a following behind them, but they're not – they're not somebody that, you know, casual fans are going to latch on to. Yeah. They're still definitely indie. Uh, I remember uh, I was uh, screwing around with uh, ChatGBT uh, the other day. Have you toyed around with that yet? No idea what you're talking about. ChatGBT is, it's in the fourth iteration. Um, it's basically AI. They're the closest we have to AI right now. Oh, okay. And uh, you got to sign up for it. You don't. Have, you can pay for like. Uh, you, you can use it for free, um, but if there's a lot of users, you're, you're gonna. It's gonna take a little bit to respond to you. But um, I asked it, "What are the best indie feds in America right now?" And it, it'll always respond with like, "Well, I can't have an opinion, but these are the ones that have the most popular hits." And the first one that came up was Ring of Honor. AW is second. But you can also ask ChatGPT, tell me a joke in the style of Joe Rogan. And it will legit tell you, like, you can hear it in your head if you're, like, a Joe Rogan fan. You can see him or hear him in your head telling this joke. It's actually funny. Um, it's not a Google search. Okay. Like, Google will give you the top searches that people have paid that if you're searching for indie wrestling, that... AEW has thrown all the money they can at Google that anytime tech indie wrestling, AEW pops up first. But yeah. uh, ChatGPT runs off a bunch of different servers. I even asked it what servers it runs off of and what searches it, it runs off of. And it, it listed quite a few of them. But um, it's interesting. Like It's getting really close. It's getting close to spooky. I even asked okay. it, how many times do people ask you if you're Skynet? And it said all the time. Like, a little bit more intuitive than when, like, uh, freaking Siri first started working. And you're like, are you are you Skynet? And it responds with some hilarious, premeditated response if it's Skynet. But, all right. Like not yet. Yeah, not yet. Going back to what you're talking about, household name, Ring of Honor came up first in its search. And then AEW. And talking about Gravitas, you're right, there's just something missing. There's just something missing. Uh, freaking uh, Neo had to die first before he was the right. one. Before he was the yeah. one. Um, trying to think of any other ones, man. Like, uh, you ever watched Short Circuit from back in the day? Yeah. Yeah, Johnny Five had to die first. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing, though. Like, I mean, it's it's every band, man. Like, freaking, you know, there are certain people that like Van Halen and certain people that like Van Hager. Van Hager. You need that freaking, you need a front man. You need a front man. You know, freaking, and, no, I, you know, WWE's got Roman Reigns right now. He's their front man. It's blatantly obvious. Yeah. Freaking, uh... You know, Impact's got Josh Alexander. As they should. Yep. Uh, freaking. But a, who does, I mean, AEW doesn't have anybody as their 
like they're top top like they're legit top guy because you don't have to be the champion to be the top guy. They had him for a little bit, then he poo pooed it and freaking got suspended the very next day. <laughs> um, uh, we, we're still vastly disagreeing on that one. I think he's freaking. He freaking he went to them. He talked to them. They didn't listen, so he had to make a response. Yeah, they they they, they screwed him. He didn't screw them. I still say that should have been a conversation backstage. It probably was. That's my whole argument. I think it was. I think they didn't listen, and I think he reacted in kind. Man, that was like after the dog collar match even, man. Yep, he did He did business. He did what he needed to do, and then freaking, you know, that, that you know, a man can only take so much. All it takes is one bad day. One bad day. And that was, and that was a buildup. Man, we got to focus on that on our writing and a few of the things that we we're, we've got the uh, irons in the fire. The one dark night, one bad day. Um, but uh, it's what you're talking about earlier. Uh, the one person that needs one good day is Mr. Jungle Boy, and you're saying like, how far away do you think he is? The one good day. No, for him being like I said, him being the champion. Freaking the, the world champion at least five years. It's gonna be a build because they're gonna, in theory, they're gonna be smart about it because they haven't. They've been pushing him since day one, really well. He's their underdog. He's the underdog babyface. I'm surprised they haven't like, you know, grabbed a low hanging fruit and did a Saved by the Bell like gimmick thing, like or like even did like a little skit or something like that. I'm not saying make it part of his gimmick. I'm surprised they haven't done, like, utilize that in just a little bit. Not save of the Bell, but uh, one, Beverly Hills 90210. Um, they they grab the low-hanging fruit all the time. And that's not always well, a good do, idea. But, yeah, no, no. Well, nine times out of ten, it's not. Freaking, that's a, that's the thing. He wants to be his own man. You know, that's probably why he's, he's probably, that's why they're doing what they're doing with him. That's why they put him with Christian. That's why they freaking, you know, built him up in the tag team first. He's going to be their big star in five years. Yeah, and he's got to keep his nose clean because you were. Uh, what did you say about Sammy? Um, oh, I shot himself in the foot. Uh, in the face with a bazooka. That's what you yeah. said. Man, yeah. Let... That's that's the problem when you let people into your life that much, freaking. When you let people into your life, they're going to have opinions about your life. Yeah. If, if Sammy just kind of kept on the low and didn't have his little vlog, freaking, this probably would have completely blown over. But when when you let people into your lives that much, freaking people get attached to the, the people involved in your life. Yeah. And freaking, when he, when he did what he did as far as freaking Cheap. his romantic endeavors, freaking... You know, the whole world saw it, and the whole world didn't like it. No, no. I could. I mean, he was he was pegged to be their big baby face. He he was pegged for a top tier, probably second or third baby face in the company position, and they had to freaking put him back with Jericho because freaking they had to turn him heel because they freaking they couldn't they the fans would not have him as a baby face because he freaking. Because of what happened in his personal life. Man, they're acting like the way my mom does when it comes to, like, someone in Hollywood that she likes. Mm-hmm. She'll be all into someone, and then she finds out that she's a, that he or she is a cheater. 
Yep. Southern New Mexico vernacular. The cheater. He's yeah. the che- he or she is the cheater. And that's all they will ever freaking be. Mm-hmm. My mom used to love Arnold movies. My, my mom was the one that argued with my dad that there's not anything wrong with watching him, letting him watch Terminator 2. There wasn't, there wasn't a nipple. There wasn't, like, guts spilling out. It just happened in Rated R because it was just, you know, intense. And yeah. argued for that. But once she found out Arnold was the cheater, she was done with him. That's yep. been, like, almost 30 years. <laughs> like... And he's made some amazing movies since then, yeah. And yeah, we we've yeah. got the the Sheeter and uh, Sammy Guevara. I didn't even like they, like they still had that. Uh, All C still had that Sammy uh, figure, the Target yep. exclusive. And I was like, nah, I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. Well, that, that's what happens, man. Like you, like you just can't. You know, that's why certain people, and that's part of the reason certain people just freaking don't let don't let people into their lives. Yeah. If it happens, freaking, you're setting yourself up. Yeah, well, I mean, if you can't even get someone that's got the money in his pocket for the $10 off, the $23 figure, to buy your on-clearance figure, you've got a problem. Especially when I need... I've got all these holes in the wall. I need to have some freaking AEW figures more on this one. And even then, we spent... I I spent more and like, I, I bought a drink at... At New Era, that was like ten dollars. More worth it, more worth it to me than that freaking Sammy Guevara one, man. But yeah, appreciate the insight, man. Any anything else that when it comes down to uh, the personal involvement and the fans getting there? Because I remember the the one thing that stands in my head because I know it's not you know I I know a lot about wrestling, but not as much about you. And I, I think about like the involvement that they did with. Uh, and forgive me, I'm only using the vernacular at the time, uh, but Fat Hardy and mm-hmm. Lita and Edge. That was a terrible idea. <laughs> that was right. awful. That, that that was so gross. And look where they all are now. I mean, like, you know, Edge's got, you know, Beth, but, like, he's gone through some retribution, but freaking, like, you know, Lita went through CM Punk and got dumped by him, but for AJ. And that's all everyone, like, anyone I talk to ever about Lita, see the two things. The thong or the cheating. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, man. Freaking, and she freaking, I mean, Edge freaking got the main event off of that. That was, that was the real life stuff was what pushed him over the edge and cemented him as a main eventer. Because they tried for years. He was in that room, that Pre, uh, pre-tribal chief Roman Reigns position where people liked him, but like freaking they, the, the company wanted to push him as their big baby face, but like for their fans, while they liked him a lot more than liked Roman Reigns at the time, they did not want to accept Edge as a baby face freaking contender for the world title. No, they did not. It wasn't, it wasn't until the Lita thing because it was because they, they rode that heat, they rode that heat hard. And freaking Edge never suffered for that. Lita was the one that suffered for that. She, yeah, she, she really they did. Freaking, they freaking, you know, all, this, all the emails she probably got, all the other stuff she got. Freaking uh, the fact that Crime Time legitimately written, stole her bag and was throwing her underwear into the crowd. Oh, man. Like, freaking, they, they freaking, the fact that she ever went back is beyond me. 
Because that wasn't it wasn't Crime Time's idea to do that. That was somebody else's idea to do that. And freaking like you know the fact that like I said, the fact she ever went back. Uh, I don't know how she did it. It took her. It took her because she was a heel up until her retirement, and they never forgave her until she started coming back under a Legends deal years later. Dallas. Hmm? Dallas, we were there. Yeah, that was yeah. When she freaking debuted yeah, the, and she was she was probably gone easily ten years. Easily ten years on that one. So I mean, kind of it's, kind of, it's the Xbox Heat thing, man. Xbox freaking and Xbox didn't really do anything wrong, but freaking uh, the video got out. Well, not even that. He was hated before. Like, freaking X-Pac Heat was a thing while he was still in WWE. The, the freaking the, the One Night in China had nothing to do with that. Oh. Freaking, it was, it was that was dumb storyline stuff because it was when he freaking stole Tori from Kane that oh. people turned on him. And people never forgave that until years later when he was gone, like 15 years or some nonsense. Kane was pretty upset about that. <laughs> Just a little bit. Yeah, but still, I mean, freaking like that was that was pure one hundred percent storyline, and freaking X Pac never, as a character, never recovered from that until he came back under allegedly, freaking uh, you know, that old that old saying about you know freaking distance makes the heart heart grow fonder. So I I find that that one's just weird to me. Well. What's the wrestle recap? I mean, there's a lot of good stuff that's been going on, but this was important to us. But freaking, uh, tell me about this Ric Flair win. I I I got it all C's and I forgot to read it. Um, before we get into the major comics, what'd you think of it, man? Because I, I I imagine this was going to be ridiculously self-serving, but at the same time, though, I don't see Ric Flair's name on any of this that he helped write it, which is seriously a mistake. No, oh, no, it was freaking. It was it. The, this Ric Flair book is literally the definition of dumb fun. <laughs> so the whole thing, as as you know, anybody who's a longtime Ric Flair fan knows, Ric Flair uh, they had the plane crash in 1975, where like he and several wrestlers unfortunately had a plane crash. Johnny Valentine, freaking um, Mr. Wrestling, Ric Flair, the pilot, and. Uh, Forgive me, I can't remember who the fifth person was in the plane. The redhead guy. <laughs> I can't remember who it was off the top of my head, but um, but yeah, they did the plane crash in, in '75, and freaking, you know, Ric Flair wakes up on the operating table, and then he freaking comes to, when he's coming to, freaking there's a there's a like a four star general in front of him, and he tells him that they've made him. You know, they basically they basically do the six million dollar man spiel to him. They made him bigger. <laughs> they fixed him. They made him stronger. And he's basically he wants you know that he wants them. They want him to be a, a secret agent because he's basically got the perfect cover as a you know a jet flying limousine riding freaking you know world famous professional wrestling champion. And freaking they end up you know he ends up becoming Ric Flair. 
secret agent while he's freaking. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Yeah. The artwork is phenomenal, by the way. Like, uh, one of the things that always stands out when I read like an indie comic or a comic book that's an X Men book that's done by the tweener while you know Dodson's like finishing up four through seven is that the the lines are always really thick and they don't capture emotion well enough. But they did a damn good job in this. This is gorgeous artwork. But yeah, no, they freaking it very reminiscent of the uh, the Tony Schiavone autobiography. Oh yeah, totally, man. But yeah, so we we come to uh, ten years later, and Ric Flair's flying to uh, he's going to go to a show in Australia, but he's got to stop in um stop in Moscow, Russia, <laughs> for a mission, and he's got to find he's got to find his contact there, and of course his his contact is a lovely woman. Of course it is, and she's probably one hundred percent KGB. <laughs> but yeah, as as they're going, you know, she hands him a uh, a magic eight ball because it turns out the um, the person he's going to meet has the uh, is the world's largest seller of magic eight balls, but he's also putting cocaine inside his eight ball. <laughs> This is incredible. <laughs> That's great. I got to tell you, by the, by the way, like this is the best smelling comic book I've smelled in a long time. I'm a paper sniffer, and uh, all you book bookworms out there, this is one of the best smelling paper copy I've smelled in a long time. But the cocaine and the magic gold eight ball by that skeezy effing Russian. So the whole thing is that he's got a he's got an eight ball of his own that's laced with explosives. And he's got, <laughs> I'm sorry. He's got, <laughs> I'm sorry. He's got twelve hours to put this in with the uh, with the uh, the drug shipment, so it'll explode. <laughs> As we carefully put it back into the bag and board, because we know this one's gonna be worth a lot of money, brother. <laughs> this one's, and no, and I've got the variant one. Uh, you know, you know, this one's the good one. Oh, get out of here! <laughs> I just hey, Scout, Scout Comics has never led us astray. No, they haven't. But freaking, I got the beefcake issue, the beefcake variant, baby. I've got the one with the robe. Yeah, even homie over at uh, freaking All Seasons like, you sure you want this one? Because we got this other cover. I'm like, no, I want the beefcake one. <laughs> That's not surprising at all. And we're canceled. Eh, it's going to happen sooner or later. That was the best cancellation on camera I've ever gotten. It's true. So nonetheless, Rick Flair gets dropped off in the limo, and freaking he meets Sergey. Yeah. And freaking Sergey is a huge Ric Flair fan, and he welcomes him into his humble abode, and he comes out wearing Ric Flair's first robe. Oh, he, he, but, he's uh, a Ric Flair super fan. So they uh, they talk, and he does his promos, and the whole thing is that they, uh, Sergey is a toy maker because he's, he's got the eight balls, obviously. Yeah. But he's also he also wants to do a line of Ric Flair toys, so that's Rick, that's Flair's in. So he decided, Ric Flair's like, I'm all in, let's do this. And he's like, let's have a drink. And he's like, I'm, I, I hear the Russians are famous for their ability to hold their alcohol. Nope. Let's, test, let's test that. So in true Ric Flair fashion, 
They all start drinking kamikazes. I never thought Ric Flair to be someone that would have a mixed mixed drink, but okay. That's his, that's his drink of choice for anybody who knows. But uh, 11 and a half hours later, freaking everybody else is flat drunk. And F- Flair is all good because of his special mechanical liver. <laughs> this is this is worse than the no, well, this is better than the the Danny DeVito him and Catwoman running away and saving the world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Flair sneaks into the uh, into the storage room and finds the uh, finds where the drugged eight balls are, and one of the security guards catch him. And Flair ends up low blowing him and clotheslining him as he makes <laughs> as he makes his exit and freaking zooms out in this limo while he uh, while the entire building explodes behind him. And as he end, as he gets to the plane to make it to his uh, next show in Australia, he finds the uh, the lady there, and he ends up giving her his robe, and he's like, "I'm gonna you know." I'm gonna, I want you to come find me and give this back to me someday. And as you know, as he flies away, she's sitting there, and she looks up at that plane as it exits the sky, and all she can say is, "Woo, woo." That's all she could say. And this is code name Ric Flair number one, Magic Eight Ball. It's gorgeous, man. <laughs> it's gorgeous. Yeah, I can't believe you didn't read this. this is no, I, I completely like, it was. It's in my, been in my bag, man. I've been reading everything else, uh, like separately. But freaking, uh, like, cause I was all hung up on Nemesis this week, but uh, I completely forgot that was in my stack of like I need to get caught up on like uh, um, freaking. I uh, was gonna get caught up on um, uh, Sweetie Candy Vigilante because I'm like two issues behind. And Stillwater, I'm like four issues behind on that, and I try to get caught up in Savage Dragon, and I like, but freaking, yeah, th- this sounds gnarly, man, and it's so much better than like the wrestling comic books that's come out in the past, like I want to say like eight years, uh, Top Contenders, um, wow, man, those WB comics were real bad, but they had some of the best artists on that. Then Belanger did a freaking. Um, a Kevin Owens cover variant on one oh, of those. Nice. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Um, Ringside was good. Um, but yeah, I gotta say, out of all these, of what you described, uh, out of all the wrestling comic books, other than Do a Power Run, which was phenomenal, full on different universe, uh, alternate universe, in this universe, uh, Tony Schiavone butts and seats, and yeah, awesome. Of all the comic books about wrestlers, this is definitely one of them. Hundred percent, man. But those those freaking like WWE comic books that IDW was doing, or it was Boom, mm-hmm. um, freaking like like Dean Ambrose like crashed his monster truck into the side of a bar and fought off a bunch of rednecks that are about to beat up Sha- Sasha Banks. And uh, they they they're hauling ass to freaking uh, the next. Uh, that's two. Two? What was the first one? Yeah. You used the D word. The D word? Ladies and gentlemen, I violated the Abuelita twice. I'm going to do an X and an X on this. You want to reword that one? 
The Abuelita friendly violation. That's bad. Nobody wants to violate your Abuelita. I, That's weird. The Abuelita friendly no no. Two X's. Are you two dollars? Oh come on, man! I'm trying here. <laughs> Nothing I say. Every time you tell me to like make something better, I always make it worse, even when I try. You. That's why it's funny. That's not fair. That's not fair. That's hilarious. <laughs> Freaking. Uh, yeah. So still. <laughs> Let's go straight into the romance comic books, brother. Because <laughs> Rogan Gambit was so. So, Abuelita friendly. They do it in the desert. <laughs> and Just like Abuelita did in the 60s. <laughs> yes, she did. Man, I'm from New Mexico, man. I don't even know what to tell you about that one, man. Mom's, I think my mom is like freaking uh, 7 of 12. I'll leave that alone. <laughs> hey! It's not anything public record isn't out there. There's eight of them still alive. Okay. Yeah. Uh, God bless those Catholics. Um, Rogan Gambit. Displaced. They, uh, they're trying to save a very nice gentleman who showed up out of nowhere to save him. Trying to look up his name because I don't remember it. It's one of those things. Manifold teleported to them in the middle of the desert. They find out that their powers are malfunctioning and Rogue can touch him. And what do they do immediately? Well, you know. And the first place to find to get some water is a bar. That just so happens to have some muty loving biker guys in there. I don't know who you are, but I know you've saved the world a couple of times. And next thing you know, we're doing jukebox karaoke. We're doing lots of smooching. And uh, who crashes the party but freaking Black Panther? Yep, because he's personal friends with Manifold. And he's got a problem. Well, they so, does, get that manifold. <laughs> so does Mr. Remy LeBeau because they just crashed the party. And he wants to fight, and he ain't going to back down from no, no fight in front of Miss Southern Belle, Miss Rogue. And uh, in order to get away, what does he do? What the thief does. He ties the cook to the stove, turns on the gas, and lights a fire. They take off. What are you doing? You're going to kill her. Now, he's going to save her. We're good for the next couple hundred miles. Lots of smooching. Manifold is got a chip in his head, and we've got Mr. Mr. Big, Mr. in the Shadows. He's got more mutants up for sale. I'm I'm the I gotta say, man, if I didn't realize this was a romance comic book, this uh full I'm trying to show it to you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the uh the screenshot of uh Mystique talking with Irene, Miss Destiny. Mm-hmm. I, I would be really turned off by it. I think, why, why are we looking at a screenshot of a, you know, chat on someone's phone? Tell me it's a romance comic? Yeah. Those walls are broken down. Let's have a good time. Mystique's like, what are you doing? Why aren't you answering? 
Trying to find you. What'd you do? The art was absolutely amazing on this. They did such a good job on this one. Especially for a D-list comic, or what would you call a romance comic that I've been into? Like an F-lister? I mean, it's got Rant, R- Gambit and Rogue. They're definitely freaking A-list mutants, probably B-list superheroes, so... We're doing it. We're, we'll give it a B. C-list, C-list romance comic? <coughs> yeah, let's do C. Let's do C, because I'm pretty sure in this scene that Rogue is... One, uh, oh, wait. Um... Never mind. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, great comic. Really loving it. Saga is killing it. We are in issue 63. If you fell asleep in Saga back in 2011, you messed up. But we've got a little heroine here thinking she can resurrect her father. And we've got her ex-babysitter with her new boyfriend. That uh, We're seeing more of the powers that she's got. And... I gotta say, one thing about Saga is it, it it might be misnamed. Really? The Saga of Our Should Lives. Should Gen- it be Sega? <laughs> no, more like the Saga of Our Lives, or General Saga, or um, As the Sagas Go By. It's, this is straight up, straight up sci-fi, daytime television. I'm pretty sure... I'm pretty sure this Wednesday, brother, that this is going to happen. And then it doesn't happen. There's only been, like, three actual things that's happened in this comic book. And the actual, like, conversations they're having, like... I I imagine if, if, like, Tarantino was born, like, 25 years ago and was really into sci-fi and Days of Mm -hmm. Our Lives, this is what we'd be getting. And it's, it's like Reservoir Dogs mixed with so many other things. And... It is, it's very vulgar, but it's not vulgar in the sense that it's for the sake of being vulgar. And that's one of the things I love the most about Saga, is they tell it like it is, and the nitty-gritty's there, but not for the sake of nitty-gritty, if that makes sense. They're telling a good story. Um, Freaking, the only thing I want to talk about King Spawn is, like, you better be reading it. But if you're on 21, make sure you're getting all of the uh, latest covers. Um, Pull up the names here. Javi Fernandez is doing the interior. But the exterior, we've got uh, cover A and cover B. Uh, Make sure you're subscribing to cover A because the same artist is doing all of the art of King Spawn, Scorched, and uh, Gunslinger. Uh, wraparound cover, they all connect. He's given so many different artists so many chances to just do what they do. Having time. We've got one on the cover on this one, man. Gorgeous wedding dress and all of the evil entities and the goodies around her. I mean, the only... Actually, the spawns not even this cover, man. we got Mandarin spawn. Uh, we got Clown Violator. We've got Curse. We've got... But we still have Sam and Twitch here because this is actually... Uh, the thing about the that what they've been doing with Spawn is that they have been separating all of the major, I don't know, like heartbeats, like, you know, like four chambers. We've got the mm-hmm. big cultism. We got the nitty gritty on the streets. Detective story, which is King Spawn right now. We've got the phantasmagorial of just Spawn. 
And then we've got Gunslinger, which is a Western. It's straight up Western. And he, Uncle Todd's having a lot of fun, and he is spending my money like a mother. And I can't wait to give him more of it. What you got next, man? I was uh, just. It does tend to find uh, find your way into him. I don't mean to dominate the conversation. I just want to burn through a couple. Um, just give people like you know a good idea of some of the better um, things out there. Obviously, Saga is good. Obviously, Spawn is good. But Rogan Gambit, man, I mean that's a hard sell, man. Like you can't tell any of the big old tough guys we hang out with that Rogan Gambit's good. But it, you never know, man. Uh, freaking uh, Hunter might. Be down to read Rogan Gambit or freaking um, Archie or She-Hulk in the uh, the Huntermobile. Maybe you never know. Never know. You know these guys. They 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 like what they like, man. Freaking uh, back when I was waiting tables, um, there was in uh, back in uh, John and Carino was over there in Norman in the uh, early mid two thousands. There was an ex Jets player. That has a barbecue joint, and I hope it's still open. But he would come in to the bar about once a week, maybe twice, and I was always like early shift for night working the bar, and he'd come sit in my section, and he'd always order the same thing: skilletini, big old freaking giant skillet that was heated, and they put the spaghetti and the tomato sauce, and then he got, he had the triple. He always get the sausages, the steak, and the and the chicken with the the I'm getting hungry. Um, peppers and onions. But he'd sit there and he'd read a freaking straight up romance novel, Fabio on the cover. Just sitting there chilling. Big old black dude. Tough as nails. Like, you know it. Everyone knew mm-hmm. Play for the Jets. And he'd sit there reading his romance book, man. And I, I and I would always make up in my head, like, is he is he getting pointers from this book? Is he like he he wasn't he was involved the way I would imagine if you were in a coffee shop or uh, wherever you would read your comics stray. Um, what is that gentleman sitting over there thinking? while, you know he's you know eating his dinner just by himself, just taking a break while reading a romance book. And I'm like I make it up in my head all the time. Big old tough guy. He's, he's getting he's getting pointers, but he's liking the story. He's he's liking the story. And thinking of good ways to, you know, just make his wife, you know, feel beautiful. You know, I don't know so many different things. But it always went to the good stuff, you know? Like, uh, yeah. and uh, I hope that someone finds something like that in Rogan Gambit, man. And not trying to be silly, like, straight up, man. Like, it's, yeah. it's I'm a sucker for the romance, man. But uh, you got something lined up. Sorry, I've been dominating, man. Just trying to burn through a couple quick, but... What do you got? Yeah, let's go with Immoral X-Men number three. Oh, Sins of Sinister Tie-In. Freaking, uh, let's see. So on the previous issue, freaking, they're in space. Freaking Exodus has, uh, he killed Hope. And basically, we find out this is year 1000 in the Sins of Sinister. I don't remember him that- killing Hope. I remember him stranding her. To die. Yeah, he, he left her to de- for dead. But we didn't see her die. True, but she did. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, yeah, not only is uh, Exodus freaking, he now has planets that worship him. He's basically created his own, like, basically eggs 
that have bodies inside of them and they all worship him and that makes him stronger. He's big. He's huge. And now, yeah, he's huge. And not only that, there are multiple worlds where Exodus is in charge and it's different Exoduses in each world and they they war with each other. Like they'll call each other heretic because they're all, much like Highlander. There can only be one Exodus, the only one. You know, and Sinister and Rasputin the Fourth are going for these worlds, trying to find what happened to the Moira clones that Sinister lost. You know, we all you know for people who've been reading the series, we all know that um, freaking the Orbit Stellaris has them all. Yeah, they're in the Golden Death Star, right? Yeah. But uh, Sinister doesn't know that as of yet. And they're just going literally from world to world trying to find out what, what happened to them. How many years do you say it's been? A hundred? This is a thousand years into the future. Because like the last thing they said was like, how long could it take? Like, after the last one, right? Yeah, they said it would be five years. And it's now been a thousand. And they still haven't found it. Wow. But we... Uh, you know, we find this out, and freaking, they're still they're still looking. And Rasputin, they end up at a satellite, and Rasputin goes in there, and she finds like a, a like something you can use in a uh, like a music box, and it's something left for Sinister, and he decides to listen to it alone, and it's a recording from Destiny. That's basically her telling him what he needs to know. Because she's like, I'm not playing any games. I just, you know, he's basically, she's basically, I want my wife back. Right. And this was a way to get her to live the longest. But even then, I'm still here. And freaking, you know, without her. I mean, this is, you know, we obviously know she died. uh, Destiny herself was killed in Storm and the Brotherhood of Mutants. So this is. Yeah. After or before she dies, but she tells him exactly where he's got to go, and freaking, you know, he ends up finding a Doombot, and with the Doombot, he finds Moira. Oh, I I feel like she's an inevitability. Like it's gonna happen. Like like mm-hmm. every X years in the Matrix, you're gonna get the one, and we gotta reset it. Like from what you're telling me, like she's gonna show up. Yeah. I don't remember because we we didn't encounter like Moira encountering Moira. Mm-hmm. We encountered Moira encountering her encountering her um, memories all flooding in at once, but we've never seen one encounter the other, and then. But, like, is she scarred? But, like, I mean, I'm mean, i not harking on the artwork here. I mean, like, any line you put in, uh, if you're drawing any sort of comic book art, every line you put adds five mm-hmm. years. Yeah. But are those scars or are those, are those just accentuations? Because as I zoom in here, I can see that they'd be accentuating the chin and the cheekbones. But she looks messed up, man. Well, I think she's been. I think she's been in this dark place in this cave, this cave for a long time. Because her eyes are now red, 
And the thing about it, you have to remember, is that Moira, the original Moira, no longer has her mutant powers. So he can't just kill her and be done with it. Right, but he's got the clones, but that's why yeah. the, the resets keep working, because the one's still alive. That still doesn't make sense. I, I'm... Well, he's, I mean, that's the thing. He's got, to, he's got to get to the clones. And apparently that's... Uh, Moira is a piece to get to that puzzle. And we go into the... Uh, we, we go into the Court of the Red Diamond, where we see that the uh, freaking Emma Frost, the White Queen is now the Red Queen, and somewhere along the lines, she her, she has basically merged with the uh, the power of Sidorak, which is what makes the uh, the Juggernaut the Juggernaut. That makes a lot of sense, especially um, last time we saw Juggernaut was getting launched into space uh, into nothingness as the bullet to kill... Uh, who did they kill? Thanos. Yeah. Thanos. Yep. That makes sense. This is great. Love it. Yeah. But we see that uh, she has basically Frankensteined Beast together, because you can see he's definitely had a lobotomy. He's definitely got a uh, a metal eye. Yeah. Part of his part of his hands and part of his uh his legs are now human looking together and human looking. Yeah. You know, she's got a few of the mutants with her, basically subjugated. You know, including Namor. Of course. And to freaking have, you know, to think that Namor be subjugated by anybody is, you know... An abomination? Like, <laughs> that would never happen, but we're looking at yeah. it. Doesn't surprise me he'd be able to survive this long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, uh, you know, he, Beast tells her of uh, Sinister's plan. Which sinister? Well, sinister. Well, right, Sin- Mister Sinister. His plan to find the Moira clones. Because I think at this point, freaking, we know that um, Doctor Stasis is dead. I'm not so sure about Orbis Stellaris, but uh, the other three, are, uh, Mother Righteous, is definitely still alive at this point. Are we looking at a Cyclops Pitbull? Yes. With Odin. No, that's uh, that's um, what's his name? Freaking, that's uh, John Firestar. Or oh. Fire Firestar. No way! That's awesome. Yeah, that's who I thought it was. Uh, Odin at first as well, but yeah, the Cyclops Pitbull with uh, can't see it. Find his name on here. I think it's yeah. I think it's Iron Fire. Maybe keep talking. I'll find it. Okay. Yeah, they're going to meet him because they're trying to find allies. John, right here, John Ironfire. Yeah. And you know they're they're talking, and he, you know he's talking about how the uh, the Emperor of the Empire of the Red Diamond has to break it. You know, it's breaking against us, and we've taken everything this universe has thrown at us, and we've lasted this long. And she said, and he says, if the Citadel falls, the universe falls with it. And Sinister's like, you know, the goddess is right. But I may have a little additional information that you'd be interested in. And we'd save the, uh, save the universe. And freaking, you know, he had, uh, he'd kicked out Rasputin the fourth. 
for being insolent. And he, oh, she's just over here in space, slowly freezing to death because of all the uh, abilities he gave her. He didn't give her the ability to fly. And as she's freezing over, you hear somebody else in her head, and they just said, "Do you want to make a deal?" Emma. Nope. That's I, I, my money's on. It's going to be freaking uh, Mother Righteous. Oh, it's got to be Mother Righteous. She's biding her time for a thousand years. Yep. This is a slow burn, man. Like at first, I was like kind of. Uh, I'm ashamed. I was so disjointed by it. I should have embraced like how like challenging it was, but it's not that I have more clues of how the story's going. Like this just gets more and more challenging and more and more like you have to pay attention. Uh, like, like, uh, we've talked about like, um, how I am totally against them doing scrolls, Cree, uh, anything, any too deep cosmic because there involves a, a lot of literacy. Um, I'm not trying to be the elitist here. Uh, that to really engage on this sort of level when it comes to comic books, like this isn't like knockdown drag out. It is in a way. I mean, well, actually, it really is in a lot of ways. But like, this isn't the. This is a, a psychological comic book. Mm-hmm. And freaking, they're knocking it out of the park, man. Like, I was wondering how. Like, I mean, obviously, when they're like, it's going to take five years. Like, it's oh, it's going to take like six years. But no, we're a thousand years later, you said? <laughs> yep. So technically, I think 900. Since I think they said, yeah. they said that was in the 100th year. So 900 additional years. So why are you liking Nemesis so much, man? Because it's hard for me to get you to get into any indie comic books, but you've read all four. Because uh, four came out today. Uh, Freaking... Uh, Nemesis was always like the evil Batman and Mark Millar like flat out put it out that way and um, one of the uh, one of the clues uh, to understand this book is to read the Nemesis rebooted introduction by writer Mike Millar, Mike Millar Mark Millar uh, at the beginning of issue one where he's talking about his excitement and just redoing the the intro uh origin story uh, of nemesis because he's he's an sob man he's he's not this isn't even anti-hero because i remember them marketing it as he's the ultimate anti-hero but obviously the yeah. people that like was marketing it back in like what like 2012 13 uh freaking uh hadn't read the book yet and freaking he's evil to his core and we're like uh the one thing that like still stands out in my head is like uh, after Millar introduces everything, he's like, uh, everything you heard before is a lie. This is my story. This is how it all began. And we got this redneck dude going outside his like old school colonial, you know, and freaking he's, he's TO'd that freaking his old lady made him go, you know, check the noise, but he comes inside and nemesis is like the Joker, uh, actually, the, this this smile reminds me of V for Vendetta when uh, he's tying uh, the um, Chancellor's shoes, his shoelaces together. But instead, this time, we've, this terrified uh, elderly lady, he's under the bed and he's got two two guns, and this is going to end. And we've got the idea of a freaking in between president, and he wants to get rid of a lay. Um, 
the the thing that like really grasped me about this is that I've been waiting for this comic book for a while. Not Nemesis in general. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I've been waiting for someone that has been paying attention to the news, and it's it's especially just juicier that it's a, a, an Englishman paying attention to what's happening here in America. Like we're degenerating and, and I'm not trying to get political in a lot of different senses. We are degenerating in LA, uh, because of like the, the shoddy in San Francisco and, um, it's degenerating to where the, like the police no longer have control and a lot of people are leaving, but, this place is exactly what's happening here, but it just happens this supervillain in all white, who I think he just wants someone in all white that looks cool, splattered in blood. They've done it since the beginning, uh, the original four run. And he's trying to bring the place down. Um, anything that stands out to you that really popped you? I don't know. It's, it's interesting to get the... Uh to get the take from the villain's perspective. Now, like I said, he's definitely kind of the anti-Batman freaking, you know, he's, he's willing to kill people. You know, he's, he's out for vengeance. You know, the, the old woman he kills was somebody that, you know, was on the case when they killed his parents. Right. You know, same with the, same with the mayor who's a retired cop, you know, they end up putting him in the hospital just because they want, he wants to, he wants to save him for last. You know, it's 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 a uh, it's it's super interesting to see see it straight for like we've got like Joker and whatnot, and that's been fun. But like to to straight see it from the uh, from the villain's perspective and not have it easy to you know oh the superhero is definitely going to come in and definitely going to save the day. You yeah. know we don't we don't have that. You know, L.A. has no Batman. Kill the mayor. L.A. has no Batman. The the fluidity, this artwork, man. He crashes through, like, one splash scene. We see him flip. Twice. There's no one there to save these people. He's cutting people in half. And then we're learning, like, like, uh... You were, and I were talking about, like, the Batman. Like, you know, like... These people, like, what what happened to his parents? Um, they were gunned down because they were drug dealers. Or they were the drug dealers that are on drugs. They, they were the drug dealers are on drugs that got, uh, uh, like, it, it seems like they might have been framed considering, like, how pissed off he is. But freaking, um, you know, both of them got the, the death penalty and he got indoctrinated into the society that, you know, like, this is Bohemian Grove stuff, man. Like, there's a lot of conspiracy theory stuff. Mark Millar is paying a lot of attention to a lot of conspiracy theories going around Bohemian Grove. Um, there's no Al in this, but, like, freaking um, the L.A. scene of the actors, the actresses, the complete hubris of who is protected, who's not protected. The, let's just turn the lights off. Like, he, he, he made more damage turning the lights off than he ever would have detonated this nuke that he's apparently got. But he's laughing the whole time. And the whole time we're like, and, and, and let me ask you, 
Are you, are you relating to this guy in any way or, or feeling for him because of, like, the trials and tribulations he had to? I mean, this is, like, as if Bruce Wayne, it was like, Millar was like, okay, so what's the opposite? Yeah. No, not, I mean, not really, man. Freaking I do. I'm, I'm kind of interested in just really where what's going to happen with it. How far are they going to go? You know, I don't really, I mean, the guy's, you know, freaking his parents were criminals and they got caught. It is what it is. Freaking no qualms about it that they got caught. He knew what they were doing. He was there. Yeah. So yeah, no, not right. I mean, I don't really, I don't feel for him at all. Freaking, it's just this is what he's doing, and you know, along for the ride. Let's see how far he goes. I think you it's, know, it's super, it's super interesting that he's like, I'm gonna give whoever kills a cop ten thousand dollars. Elementary kids are killing cops. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, uh, and, and back to what's actually happened, man. Like, they're defunding the police in all those spaces, and, like, cops aren't even answering the phone when people call 911 sometimes. That's literally mm-hmm. happening right now. Literally happening right now. And Mark Millar's just paying attention, and he's having a lot of fun, because one of the things that stands out to me is that he's building his Millar world again, which, which he did back in, I want to say, 2011, right around when Scott Pilgrim came out. Um, when he took over uh, an issue of Wizard uh, as as chief editor, right before Clint, his uh, comic magazine came out, and okay. he likes he pays attention and freaking I'm I can't remember the last time I had so much fun with just random mayhem because honestly I'm not saying I agree with this guy or relate to him, but like. Well, like the discussions we've had off screen about certain other projects we're working on about books or stories that don't have any redemption. You know, it's just mayhem for the sake of mayhem. Yeah. And are you feeling this on this one or or are you feeling that we're going to have something a little bit better? Oh, I think it's going to I think there's definitely a story being told here. I think it's definitely building towards a conclusion. But I'm I'm legitimately not sure what the conclusion is gonna be, you know. Man, I think it's just like my standard man. Freaking, I look too far into these mayhem and murder stories trying to find something. But uh, the one thing I did, like uh, issue four came out, um, you know, he's whittling down the people that have wronged him. But uh, one of the things that made me really happy was um, at the very end after the, um, you know. Mark Millar, Frank Quietly, you know, uh, the ambassadors, like the advertising in the new Millar world, uh, freaking uh, top 50 stores that are ordering the books and like on the first page, uh, about three quarters of the way down to the left, Unknown Comics, 201 Westgate Parkway, Amarillo, Texas, 79121. It's a great store. We have been there. It was a good place. Yes, sir. I didn't even catch that. That's fun. Yeah, it made me feel good, man. Like, you know, like, uh, freaking back in the day, like, reading, like, every comic book you bought back in, like, 94, and there was an advertisement from Mile High, and, like, oh, if only I could go there. <laughs> like, that's true. We were there. It was a great place, man. Those guys were, th- those guys were stand up people, man. Um, uh, freaking, not to, I don't, I got too much left, man. Freaking Nightmare Country. Um, we got a new story with the Corinthian by Tinian. Say no more. 
Um, that's not a cop out. That's not me freaking not wanting to talk about it. Like seriously, say no more. Just Tinian's doing a Sandman book. Read, read, read the freaking comic book, man. It's gonna be good. And Planet of the Apes is the one that stood out the most to me uh, this week. Was um, did you watch? How many Planet of the Apes have you ever watched? None. Like not even the original. Mm-mm. Never got around to it. Uh, but you know the story. Sure. <laughs> Obviously, everyone knows the uh, Planet of story, but this is more in depth. Uh, this I is. I did see the Simpsons episode with the. With the uh, oh my God! Kid. It was Earth all along. <laughs> yep. That one, yeah. Doctor Zayas, Doctor Zayas. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. It's one of the best things ever. Um, the only Planet of the Apes movies that are good were the original one and the one that um, freaking uh, came out after the Tim Burton one with uh, James Franco. Um, they humanize the apes. They, they show their struggle. Like it's um, This is another one that was kind of ripped... Uh, no, not ripped from the headlines. I can't, it's not a Law and Order episode. This is uh, about a man-made virus. Okay. And they were trying to uh, figure out a way to cure dementia. And this is what they're doing in the comic book. A little bit different what they did in the James Franco book. Um, but basically, uh, a virus breaks out that they call the simian flu. And everyone's trying to kill the apes. Unfortunately, though, the apes that were experimented on did get a little bit smarter. Mm -hmm. And they saw the human beings that were fighting amongst each other. Apes protect apes. That's how it ends. That's all they really got. They sign language. They're not super intelligent. Just apes protect apes. There's people that are part of the coalition to kill every ape on, on the planet. We wipe these people out, these these uh, monkeys out, then freaking darn dirty apes, darn dirty apes, and but this is developing, and, and like I was really really excited about this book because they've been revitalizing a lot of old school uh, freaking titles like uh, Conan the Barbarian, not on the same vibration, but still old school. Like I gotta tell you, man, like one of my favorite things. I'm not Mister Masculine, but like, you know, you're going to be Mr. Tough Guy. But my Conan the Barbarian collection of comic books says otherwise. And when it comes to these books, when it comes to the storyline... I just didn't even look into the pictures. <laughs> I can't read! You found me out. No, it's, it's about the development of the apes. Okay. 100% development of the apes. Like, their sign language... Like the the human the one of the humans that's part of the coalition to protect the the apes is like signing them I will protect you, and we don't believe you. <laughs> I will protect you. Nope. <laughs> no human. Like, thanks for looking out, but no thank you. Yeah. And uh, I'm I'm surprised that that's the direction that they they took on this, and I'm really really happy about it because. The, the development of the apes in the James Franco one, 
was a gradual burn that was the whole part of the movie like the the main point of the movie uh was the apes getting smart but we're starting at fucking three um <laughs> uh three you will have your daredevil one soon enough that freaking we're starting from base and the humans are peripheral. Probably one of my favorite books of the week, this man. Um, nice. Artwork was gorgeous. Uh, Spider-Man was fun. We're getting a little bit more into other stuff, but um, it's been almost a year on this build. But freaking Wolverine, the dummy beast helping out, like beast that's not Dark Beast, which I still can't believe that, but freaking... Superman Lost, tweener issue. Um, definitely worth reading. I imagine that um, 3, 4, and 5, but this is where he, you know, stopped the singularity and ends up on a random planet and like, hey, can't help you, but here's a what we can, you know, jetpack, something to help you with your oxygen because you're going to, he does need it actually, old school. But uh, I say we wind down with, uh, do you have anything left before we go into Batman Incorporated? I don't know, man. I think that's it. Yeah. Take us off, man. Let me see here. Maybe a Batman Incorporated number seven. Gorgeous Gotta, cover. Yep. Gotta love some Professor Pig. So at last issue, we found out that two, uh, two teenage boys had stolen a truck that had a uh, but Professor Pig perceives to be his mother in there. Is it and an actual? Is it an actual park corpse? Uh, I don't think. I think it's just a freaking. I think it's just something he he made. I don't, I don't think there's any actual human body parts in it, but I could be wrong about that. But we start out with a Ghostmaker and El Gacho taking on a bunch of Dolatrons in Gotham, and they end up finding a freezer that um, Professor Pig had had that had several of the uh, top bad guys in Gotham. Uh, we got Killer Croc, we've got Kite Man, um, Riddler, Riddler, Mad Hatter, Hatter Firefly, uh, freaking Mr. Freeze, Clayface. Yep. And maybe Killer Moth. Yeah, that's the one that's like kind of confused me on that one. I want to say Killer Moth. She reminds me but, of the, uh, she reminds me of the like a, a like a rip off of the Wasp, and then Homeboy in between Killer Croc and uh, the dude in the gas mask looks like Hydra Bob, but that's Kite Man. That's Kite. That's Kite Man. It's Kite Man. Well, but uh, you know, while they're doing that, freaking Professor Pig is gonna end up killing the two boys, and they're located in another part of the room. Are part of the uh, facility, but Clown Hunter, Red uh, Robin, Red, and Jiro, uh, the um, Batman from China or Batman from Japan, pardon me. Yes, sir. Uh, come in and save the day, and they help. Uh, and the knight and I'm trying to remember the big guy with the wolf head is named. Man, I, like I'm the worst at names. 
But yeah, they end up saving the two boys and go and uh clown hunter ends up telling them to make sure to thank your friend Ava because she's the only reason you two fools are alive. And uh, we go back to Ghostmaker and Elgacho with all the with all the villains tied up. And Ghostmaker's basically like, I could kill you guys right now and save millions of lives. The only reason I don't is because I'm in Gotham and you know, I'm following, I'm trying things Batman's way. Might I propose, before we get further in this story, mm-hmm. uh, one of the things I loved the most about Wizard, uh, the magazine about comics, was the fun little mini-comics. I would have mm-hmm. loved a mini-comic in this of the insanity that was going on in Ghostmaker's mind when he is holding back, when he can he can solve a lot of problems real fast. Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 cause, cause, like, that's where that's where it ends in a little bit, and I'll let you take point on that. But freaking, he's got most of them. He doesn't have like all the A listers in in terms of the villains, but you get rid of Riddler. And that's a yeah. Clayface, Killer Croc. I mean, like. Like, we can really clean up real fast. And, like, uh, the the thing is, though, is, like, um, I find a missed opportunity is when he is thinking these things, I would want to see more intensity in the little slits of the eyes where his emotion might betray him and portray it in, like, the intensity of the light coming in those little slits each side. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. he's in Tony Stark-esque type. Like, he's staring into a screen, but something... I want to know what's going on in this dude's head. Because, uh, what does he say? He's he's choking the Riddler. I've got a riddle for you instead. Between the eight of you, how many innocent lives have you taken? Hundreds? Thousands? And Riddler's like, you can't do this! No, Mad Hatter's like, you can't do this. And how many would be saved? But he made a promise to old Brucey. Yeah. I'd want that mini comic. Just give us something that's like the, like the the tattoo in the freaking hobgoblin first appearance. Something little like uh, freaking. Um, they did this in the Tick when they picked up the the the, the red eye, um, the Hitchhiker of Doom, and but the comic itself came with the small comic that the Tick found, telling the origin of the freaking red eye. Like, it gave you a little bit extra. And I want to know what's going on to Ghostmaker's mind, man. Keeping that yep. promise. Keeping that promise. Because it's going to break. It's coming. At some point, it definitely will, yeah. But we go back to Professor Pig and the Dollatrons taking on the rest of Batman, Inc. And as they're fighting, Professor Pig ends up putting his uh, meat cleaver to the neck of Clown Hunter. And freaking Robin Red grabs a chainsaw and threatens to put it through his, his pig's mother before pig completely surrenders and drops drops to the floor and has the Dollatrons do all the same. So freaking they're able to, to best, you know, Professor Pig and right then, the uh, the rest of the Bat family, minus Batman, shows up to uh, clean up the mess. Oh, this is wonderful. 
and freaking as Robin or as a Nightwing and Ghostmaker shake hands, you know, Ghostmaker makes it a point to point out that he he had them. He could have ended them all. Now, before we get too far, as uh, Nightwing shows up at the Bat family, um, let's say you and I were drawing and illustrating this book. The placement of the particular Bat family confounds me. But at the same time, though, I would have argued that, obviously, Nightwing, Dick's going to be front and center. Yep. But the person that you know, makes flyers or whatever we do. I had immediately wanted Babs, you know, to the right. Not not Damien, but she's coming up flank in the back. And would you have picked her in the back? I mean, I think that means, of course, I would, I don't, I'd want Damien to the side, but freaking Babs pulling up back point. How would you place this? I don't think that's Damien. I think it's freaking Tim. Is that Tim? Oh yeah, he yeah, he doesn't got the extra got stuff for them. He's got the staff. You're right, but still, uh, uh, I could I could see it because freaking Batwoman and Signal have a relationship mm-hmm. going back to the original Detective Comics when the new uh, when freaking Rebirth first happened. Yeah, and Stephanie and Barbara have a relationship uh, with Batgirls, so I I can see why they went the way they did, but I can also see why you change it also. I want Babs in the back, man. She's the one that will really make it make it happen. Make sure we all get out alive. Babs in the back. Not because she's not important, but we're getting out of here because Babs pulling up flank. The six. Yeah. But sorry to interrupt. I just, it just really, like, it was one of those things, those placement things. Like, how do we argue that? You know, where are we putting them? Because that, that's a legit conversation, actually. That would be yeah. a whole. That would be a whole lunch meeting, actually. Yeah, probably was. But yeah, no. So the next uh, later on, freaking clone hunter ends up running into the, seeing the two boys, and freaking ends up running into Ava, who's the girl that gave him the information to catch them. You know, they make it a point to be like, "Hey, I'm just kind of passing through," and like you can kind of tell that Bao is kind of looking for a family but doesn't really know where to find one. Right. But he ends up leaving them alone and uh, goes to Ghostmaker later. And Ghostmaker kind of points out that apparently he's been told he needs to be more supportive by at least enough people that freaking he's going to take it into account. And freaking he's, he tells uh, he tells Bowie did good job, a good work finding Pig's location. And then he just turns around and he's like, that's all I wanted to say. Close the door on your way out. He looks so and, mad, man. Oh, well, he's not even mad about that, though. He's Frustrated. like, we're, hearing, we're, hearing the, we're seeing the breaking news. And we're seeing all the people, that all the things that happened after he let the, the villains go. Yeah. And, you know, especially when they talk about the, art, the arsonist known as Firebug. And that uh, monument was erected for victims of the attack. And you see him, like, the more and more he listens to the news, the angrier and angrier he gets. And then we finish off listening to a conversation between Robin Red and his father. And they're talking about how he's, you know, how he wants to come home, but he just can't right now. And his dad 
being a former superhero himself um, understands. Yeah. And then as they let go, he turns around and uh, his father gets shot going into his house. Five times. Yeah, five times by apparently somebody known as a old Dusty Bronco because he lives in an Indian reservation. And freaking apparently next issue we're gonna get the debut of Joker Incorporated. Man, man, armchair booking. Do we dare armchair book this? Because, I mean, Ghost Hunter, he's not the the weird thing about this guy. And it's been confounding me about this for a really long time. His hatred mm-hmm. of Brucey, yet his respect enough that he's heading up Batman Inc. We've read old school Batman Inc. They've never had a leader like this other than Batman showing up every like six, five issues. Mm-hmm. But his frustration is building. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, while he respects Bruce, he doesn't he doesn't agree with his measure, his method of crime fighting. Agreed. I mean, like we, we could have like like we could have had at least two months in Gotham without Joker gas or freaking some stupid puzzle. Uh, or, you know, Solomon Grundy, like, running amok, or King Croc, you know, losing his job at the bank and then proving that they never should have hired him. And I'm thinking opposite Nightfall, man. Opposite Nightfall. Where Nightfall was rounding all these these guys up to protect the city. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking we're going to have a knockdown drag out of Bruce trying to save the villains. I mean look 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 at those eyes, man. Like I like that is such a great encapsulation of frustration of what we should like he's watching the news, just like you said. This never should have happened. We could have stopped that. Yeah. I mean I think I think we're eventually gonna get a uh maybe not so much nightfall, but definitely uh under the red hood. Ooh. Where they were eventually Ghostmaker will eventually take a life again and it will come down to him and Bruce having that conversation about freaking how far is too far man this is the one villain I want them to put the like really step on the gas on in movies or cartoons this guy is one of the best ones Ghostmaker oh 100% nice great look ninja can go tete-a-tete with him. Depends on who's in the better mood that day, I honestly think, and what we've seen. And uh, the feats they've performed. But freaking, we've got uh, Joker Inc. coming up. I'm really looking forward to the Superboy Man of Tomorrow just going into space. Because I, I want that... Uh, he wasn't my favorite out of all of the uh, Reign of Superman, but freaking, I want some cosmic awesomeness let's go complete different places have some fun like uh the yeah. same way i'd want to see like a all shiar issue or, or series or something like that uh trying to get caught up on Stillwater, and um like i said uh venom's all right but freaking uh honorable mention uh was um jack rabbit number one from image oh okay uh, but still reminds you, uh, get the ambassadors. I'm just gonna have to get hit and put it in your box, but freaking, uh, it's 
going to be one of the bigger ones. But uh, that's all I got, man. Freaking, we got New Year coming up on uh, May 13th. Am I correct? We got yeah. uh, Spring Fling. Um, NewEraProWrestling.com. If you don't feel like uh, pre-ordering, be sure and uh, show up. Get your designer ticket. Uh, get those butts in the seats right off the bat because those ones, like, freaking, I think it was, like, 5 o'clock. And I went outside to go vape, and there was already a line outside, man. Mm-hmm. Already a line outside, man. Like, uh, products that good, but obviously I'm biased, but they're hungry for it. Uh, the Castle and the castle Event Center in Thornton. Uh, I think it's my turn. Sweet. Sounds like a plan. You got anything left? Oh, no, nah, man, I'm good. Oh, man, my 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 gas tank is all out of freaking fuel, man. Freaking limit-pushing day. Got to hang out with my old man, eat some pizza, have a brewski with him, watch some live PD, and get to come home into the Jennifer Walters studio for Wayward Meetings and artists and hang with my best bud, and freaking, uh, this is dangerous. This is minefields. And this transmission is over. Buy the t-shirts. <laughs>